Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Views from the 573 Podcast. Hope you all are doing well in this second week of 2022. We got a lot of football to talk about. We have a new college football champion. So college football is done. So sad to see that go. But we still got a lot of fun action. The NFL playoffs are officially here with Super Wildcard Weekend taking place over the course of the next three days. You heard that right. Saturday, Sunday, and we get a Monday night football wildcard playoff game. So really exciting that we're going to get a Monday night game out of wildcard weekend. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about with the conclusion of the end of the NFL regular season. Of course, we're going to talk about all the games that happened this past weekend and kind of talk about the playoffs being officially set, who's going to be who's going to be playing who. And we're also going to discuss Black Monday with a lot of coaches and a, lot, and a couple of GMs getting fired and uh, one retiring over the course of the past few days. And we'll we'll talk a little about the, uh, the draft order a little bit. I know we're still a few months away from the draft, but we're going to talk about the draft order and talk about where it stands as of now with the first 18 picks being locked in. Usually it's the first 20, but of course, with the change in the playoff format, it's 18, so we're going to be discussing that as well. So, a lot of football that we got to talk about here on this Thursday afternoon. So, let's get right on into it with college football. Let's start there and talk about the end of the season with Georgia and Alabama facing off in Indianapolis. Now, of course, if you remember the first time these two teams met back 37 days ago, I think it was. At least that's one, uh, 37 days from the SEC championship to the national championship. There's something like that. And last time these two teams played each other, Alabama wiped the floor with Georgia. And... And they did it with Jameson Williams. They did it with John Mechie. They did it with their a lot of their players not being hurt now. That's not an excuse, not an excuse for Alabama. We've seen other guys just come in for them and just take off. So the first matchup, Alabama comes in and beats Georgia pretty bad. That defense of Georgia's, which has was hailed all season long, as one of the best defenses in college football, maybe in their history. And Alabama wiped the floor with them. So this is a rematch that Georgia really wanted. They want that second chance at them. And they're going to get it. And they got it in this matchup on Monday. And for the most part, this was a very... You know, the first half was a very type of... If you remember... The LSU-Alabama game, which is dubbed the game of the century back, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. It's getting close to that point. It was a game kind of like what we saw in the first half where it was just nothing but field goals. And uh, not a whole lot, uh, Not either team could not do a whole lot on offense except kick field goals. And... The offenses couldn't get, do, get anything done. Defenses were showing out. They were doing pretty well for the most part. And so Alabama goes into halftime winning 9-6. to six. 
And so you're thinking, okay, this might be a defensive battle. Uh, second half, uh, third quarter starts. Georgia gets seven points in the third quarter, and that gets them up 13-9 right there. And then Alabama, they go and score a field goal in the fourth quarter while also getting a touchdown but missing a failed two-point conversion. And looking back on that, it would have put them up 20. It would have given them around 20 or so. But then pretty much from that point on, it was all Georgia after that. You know, scoring 20 points in the fourth quarter is really when they cemented that, uh, that they were going to win this title game. And and that in that fourth quarter, I mean, here's what they did: that they on one possession, if you know what possession I'm talking about, they just went all in on that. They were super aggressive, and Stetson Bennett made a great pass, forty yards out, to put the dogs up. And of course, I mean, if you if you look at Alabama, they Score was 13-12. They score a touchdown, 13-18. If they get the two-point conversion, then all Georgia needs is a touchdown to tie it. If uh, if Alabama gets a two-point conversion, of course, they don't get it. Then Georgia tries to get the two-point conversion to make it a three-point game. They don't get it, so Georgia's only up one. And they hit Brock Bowers with around 333 left to make it 16 16- 26 to 18. Uh, Brock Bowers actually was kind of uh, not his usual self in this game. Alabama did a good job of neutralizing him for the most part, but he had a big touchdown late, and uh, that's where his impact was definitely felt there at that point. As Georgia went up 26 to 18, which it was still in striking distance for Alabama. And Alabama was only behind eight points. But then late in the game, the one that really sealed it, Keely Ringo having a huge interception, 79 yards, to seal the deal for Georgia, winning 33-18. And let me tell you what, Georgia's defense was super aggressive all game. They gave Bryce Young a lot of problems, whether, you know, Hitting the quarterback and maybe not even sacking him, but just making him feel uncomfortable. They did a whole lot of that. Alabama at times did that as well. But Georgia, they end up winning 20-9 in that fourth quarter. And giving them their first national championship since 1980. So it's been well over 40 years. And... How fitting for Georgia to win that game by a play, to seal the deal by a huge play from their defense. From the defense that's been talked about all season long, that's given them the edge in all these games, despite the one loss against Bama. It's given them the huge advantage. And how fitting it is for that Georgia defense to lock this championship in and having a big Interception turn for a touchdown to lock in 
their first championship since 1980. And I want to say it's their second national championship uh, ever. So this one has got to taste pretty sweet for for Georgia fans and for Kirby Smart, who has finally who's taken down his his former coach. Of course, if you remember, Saban Smart they have a history together, even going back to Alabama. Kirby finally takes down his mentor, I guess you can kind of say. And uh, kind of weird, same year, of course, we hear all this talk, uh, none of these people that worked on their Saban have been able to beat him. These Saban disciples have, you know, they've tried, they failed. Well, Jimbo got him earlier on in the year, and now Kirby's got him, and Kirby's got him for the big one in the national championship. And of course, he had his chance a few years ago, but he had that incredible play by Tua to Devontae Smith there at the end to give Bama the championship. And so, Georgia, they win the 2021 National Championship 33-18. to And, of course, it's going to be curious to see how the defending National Championship champions are going to head into next season. Because they're they are going to lose a lot of players on that great defense of theirs, Jordan Davis, Trayvon Walker. They still got some of those guys back in the Kobe Dean, who is somebody that had a whale of a game. Uh, and then on the Alabama side, uh, one thing that's been taken note of after this these teams played this game is that you've had people hit the transfer portal. You've had a couple players from Georgia hitting the portal. And then you have a lot of players from Alabama hitting the portal. You got guys like Jaleel Billingsley, who's expected to be a big part for the Crimson Tide offense. He's hitting the portal, while Cameron Luatu actually had a really good game for the Tide with over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. You also got, I believe, the great-grandson or the grandson of Bear Bryant, Paul Tyson. He's leaving as well. So you got a lot of Alabama players that are transferring after this game too. But if I just say, I think Alabama, I think they're, if they're not the favorite to win next year, I think definitely they should. I could see a situation where Saban, he is ready to get back at it and he wants to go out there. You know, it's kind of like a San Antonio Spurs situation. If you remember back when the Spurs lost to the Heat that first time and all the stuff they went through with that, that they were on a revenge tour, that they were going to knock anybody out that was in front of them. And that's what they did. They did that, and they won the championship that year, uh, completely demoralizing the Heat in, in that second finals matchup. So I could definitely see a situation where Alabama comes out like that next year. Of course, you got the defending Heisman champion, Bryce Young, you do have some players leaving on the offense. Jamison Williams is going to be a first-round pick. Evan Neal, one of their offensive linemen, is going to be a first-round pick. Probably a top-five pick. John Mechie, we'll have to see if he's going to come back or if he's going to stay. Uh, if he does come back, that is going to be huge for the Alabama offense. Uh, Brian Robinson, he's going to be leaving. But for if you're Alabama, I mean, what's new? You got another five-star running back coming in there and taking his place? That, that's cool with them. They got loads of them. And same thing with wide receiver, too. And then I think the Alabama defense, they are, they're they going to have a lot of 
good players that are really going to lead that defense, especially Will Anderson, who's just a wrecking, he's a force for that defense. And so having him come back and be a leader on that front, I I think Alabama's going to be the favorite. Georgia's going to be a favorite as well. And who knows? It might not be a surprise to see these teams facing off against each other next year in the championship. I know that might not be the favorite. And, I mean, if you look at the ratings for this one, people might point to that and make some assumptions. We'll just have to see. I think these two are going to be favorites next year. Ohio State, I think it's probably going to be a favorite because C.J. Stroud that uh, and that offense for Ohio State is going to be good. you got Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's going to be the clear number one option next year. You saw how he played in that Rose Bowl game. And it's another Alabama situation. They got another five-star wide receiver stepping right in and taking Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson's place. So, they're not hurting at all there. Maybe Clemson makes a jump back. Maybe DJ Uwe Ungulale. And it gets, you know, this year comes in. I think a lot of people expect it. A whole lot from him, including myself. Maybe he... Get something worked out, and he becomes a quarterback that everybody thought he would be coming out of high school. But Clemson does have a couple of coordinators to replace. We'll see how they do. So, it's probably going to be another situation where it's Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Maybe uh, maybe Oklahoma's going to be fine. We'll want to see. Caleb Williams has entered the portal. We'll see where he goes. Maybe he goes to the USC. And uh, maybe USC is a contender in year one with Lincoln Riley. Um, trying to think of other teams off the top of my head that are pretty good that could make a run. Maybe Michigan. Maybe if Harbaugh doesn't leave, maybe Michigan. They're in there. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be there at the end of the next season. But I think these two are going to be the clear favorites for next season. I think Alabama... Should be the number one favorite. Again, I just think they're going to go on a revenge tour next year. And they're going to, like, got smacked around that in the championship game. We can't let other teams do that to us. And they're going to go out and just full force throttle teams next year. So, there's the championship game. Georgia, congrats to them on winning their first championship in over 40 years. And, uh, of course... Led by a Georgia alum as well. So that probably makes it a little bit sweeter for them. So Georgia, they're your national champions. Winning over Alabama 33-18. to And again, we'll see where things land for both these teams next year. So everybody, that is it for college football. I mean, I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot of college football here in the offseason with some stuff going on. But uh, that's it for the season. It's been a wild season. It's been a wild ride here these last few months talking about the season. It's been fun. And, you know, I'm looking back at our predictions that, that we did back in, what, late August, early September. Looking at them, I did get one right, and that was the SEC champion. It was going to be Alabama over Georgia, so got that right. Heisman Trophy winner. I went with Uwe Ungulale. At Clemson, that didn't work out. Uh, Clemson over North Carolina, that didn't happen. Ohio State over Wisconsin, didn't happen. Oklahoma at 
over Iowa State didn't happen. And Oregon over USC. Uh, I did get one of the play, uh, playoff semifinals, I guess, slightly right, halfway right, if that could count. Uh, with, uh, I picked Alabama to play Clemson in the Con Bowl, which was the one versus four matchup. So at least I got Alabama right in that regard and uh, and them winning that game and being the one seed in that situation. But uh, the others, yeah, not right. Ohio State over Oklahoma. Nope, Alabama over Ohio State didn't happen. So <laughs> it's crazy looking back on these predictions and you see how everything unfolded. Like, man, <laughs> not not good. But uh, it's been a fun season. It's been a fun season. I guess if we're going to look back at the official standings about where I landed during this whole season on predictions and all that stuff. I got 113 games right out of 179 that we picked. And, of course, it would have been a little bit... There probably would have been a little bit more that would have been added here if there weren't some bowl games that were postponed or canceled due to COVID. So, out of 113... I got out of 179 games, I got 113 right. So, I don't think that's too bad. Of course, we'll have to do the math here and see if I'm completely wrong on that. So, no, no a segment... Winning percentage well over 600, around 631. So, not too bad on this college football season. So, that's where we're going to end with college football. And, again, we'll see if there's going to be some stuff that happens during the offseason. I'm sure there there will. I mean, you got the transfer portal going on. You maybe have some coaches leaving. And you, maybe, and you got the other signing day that's in February that I think everybody's kind of well, at least I've kind of forgotten about because early signing day has become kind of the thing now. So we'll have to see where all this goes. But uh, it's been a it's been a fun season. A lot of ups, a lot of downs, but uh, all in all, it was it was a really fun season. And of course, we're gonna be back. Oh, what is it? Probably <laughs> July or something like that. And we'll be right back talking about full stop and uh, just kind of previewing the conferences and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's been a long journey from, I guess, honestly, not even late August, September, but really July when we were kind of talking about these teams and, and leading up to the, to the season. So, it's been a long ride since July. So, it'll be next season before you know it, for sure. So, uh, it's been a good season. Now, let's move on over and talk about the NFL because the NFL – so has a long way to go before we're even done with this season. And I say that, that we have a long ways to go, but in actuality, <laughs> the, the season ends in less than a month with the Super Bowl taking place February 6th. So it's a long way to go, but <laughs> we got about less than a month to get all this sorted out. So let's talk about week 18. And talk about the games that happen in the, I think, one of the first ever Week 18s. Might be the first ever. Um, We're going to start off Kansas City, Denver. Kansas City wins that game 28-24. Denver had its chances, uh, but could not do anything there. And the Chiefs won that game and hoping to get that number one seed back. Dallas smashes Philadelphia with uh, Philadelphia's backups 51 to 26. 
And uh, I guess we're not going to go over too much of all the games that happened. Again, we picked almost all the games this past week. So we're not going to go over them too much. Uh, probably some of the ones that were a bit more significant. Packers at Lions. Lions win this one. Lions have been one of the more fun, bad teams to watch this year. And you can't help but root for them uh, with how hard they play. Uh, and that's probably a product of their coach and Dan Campbell. And they're going to get a high draft pick this year. Maybe they can add a, a future star that uh, that can fit the mold of what Campbell wants to build there up in Detroit. And so they get the win there. They close it out and uh, beat the Packers. I mean, listen, I know Aaron Rodgers only played for a little bit, but hey, if you're the Lions, it's whatever. You take what you can get. Colts at Jaguars. Now, I did make the point, and a lot of people have made the point, that the Colts had not won in Jacksonville in a long time. It has been a long time. I want to say it, the year I saw was, it couldn't have been 2014. It couldn't have been. But it, it's been a while since they've beaten them at Jacksonville. And, of course, you had the Jaguars fans dressing up as clowns because of their GM. And the Colts, easy scenario. Win, and, and they're in. They don't have to worry about anything. They're fully locked into the playoffs. And what, of course, should happen, but the Jaguars should win and make sure the Colts don't win in Jacksonville for a year longer. As the Jaguars... Trevor Lawrence, not looking too shabby in his final game of his rookie season. It's been a rough one for him and uh, for that organization. They went 26-11, and uh, the Colts did not look good at all in that game. And so the Colts losing in that game gave a, it gave a little bit of an opportunity to the Steelers, the Raiders, and the Chargers. Well, they left the door cracked open a little bit. And speaking of those Steelers, Pittsburgh at Baltimore, of course, it's an AFC North matchup. And the Ravens still had a shot to get in as well, but they, of course, they need a whole bunch of stuff to happen and go their way. This one goes to overtime. And uh, no lie, I was kind of rooting for a tie on here uh, for this game. Because I think the scenario was if both these teams ended up in a tie, then uh, they were going to both be eliminated from the playoffs. I'm like, oh, that's poetic justice, especially for uh, <laughs> the Steelers team. And I think Peter would agree with that poetic justice that uh, an AFC North matchup between Matt's favorite team and Peter's favorite team should end in a tie, knocking both teams out of the playoffs, ending Big Ben's career at that point. And uh, giving the Steelers two ties in one season. With the first one fitting it be to the, the, the Detroit Lions. But the Steelers get a late field goal from Chris Boswell. Win 16-13. And again, that that win opens up the door a little bit more for them. And uh, they're watching very closely on what happens Sunday night between the Raiders and the Chargers. A couple other ones to go through. Tennessee at Houston. Keeping a close eye on this one. Houston, I mean, listen, I, I was kind of scared about this one as the game progressed. Like, of course, we can't. this can't be easy. Uh, it never is. Titans win 28-25. Davis Mills. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what. Houston might have found something 
uh, with Davis Mills. So maybe they can hold off on looking for that franchise to have a guy uh, in this upcoming draft and maybe next year. But uh, I think Mills with this performance here really kind of helped them and gave a chance at uh, really getting a strong look as being the QB1 for the Texans next year and uh, taking a lot of the snaps for that team. So, Titans, they win this one 28-25, and they get the number one seed. So, they have a bye. They're not playing this week. About, about one of the only times I've ever been glad the Titans have a bye week. Uh, the other time was only a few weeks ago. But uh, those are probably the two most exciting times that uh, I've ever been about my team not getting to play uh, when there's NFL games going on. So the Titans get the bye. Next up, San Francisco and the Rams. And uh, this one was a fun one. The Rams were up 17 early on. But uh, the 49ers showed incredible resolve. Then they fight back and they win 27-24 in overtime. Uh, Jimmy G, say what you want about him, but the guy has it where it counts there at the end. And making some incredible plays, Debo Samuel, just incredible. And he threw a touchdown pass in this game. Uh, if you if you all know from my Tennessee fandom, love me some Jawan Jennings. He got some action in this one. He almost topped 100 yards, and he had a couple touchdown receptions in this game including one late that really helped the 49ers there. And uh, 49ers, you know, they might be a team that to watch out for in these playoffs. And we'll, we're going to talk about their matchup with the Cowboys here in a little bit, but I could be picking the 49ers, to be honest. But uh, 49ers, they get the big win there to really help them in their playoff standing against a division rival. But uh, – all in all, for the Rams, it didn't matter for them because the Cardinals end up losing to the Seahawks 38-30. to So Rams, they get the NFC West. So there you go. Uh, Miami wins 33-24 to over New England. And we're going to talk about Miami a little bit more here in the meantime as they finish the season 9-8. and So that's a winning season for them. Uh, then let's get to the Sunday night game. Chargers at Raiders. Now, <laughs> to talk about, uh, all right, listen, taking in knees, taking kneel downs every snap to, make, to ensure both these teams get in, listen, it's absurd. <laughs> I can't lie. It is funny, but it is kind of absurd. But uh, this was just a fun exciting game of both these teams going back and forth. Josh Jacobs probably had one of his better games of the season. Justin Herbert, my goodness. Uh, year year two, Justin Herbert looked really good. Uh, I think if you're a Chargers fan, you're really excited to see what he's going to bring in, in year three. But uh, he looked really good in here. The Chargers kept on completing so many fourth downs late in that game. It was It was wild. I ain't never seen a team complete that many fourth downs. But they kept on into this game. They tied this game up. Sent this one to overtime. And, I mean, it's kind of in the back of your head. Do they do the whole kneel down thing here? But uh, they played almost pretty much to a standstill in overtime. 
And it looked like the Raiders were going to run the clock out and just say, screw it, we're going to, I, I guess, let the clock run out and that's it. I mean, we're both going to go to the playoffs. And then you get a timeout from Brandon Staley. And a lot of questions are surrounding that timeout. You got video clips of Herbert saying, I've never wanted to tie so bad in my life. And there's video of Austin Eckler talking to somebody on the Raiders. It might have been Carr or somebody else. And they were kind of talking about it. Like, Raiders were like, yeah, we were not going to do anything. We were just going to let the clock run out. And then Staley calls a timeout there to stop the clock. And then the Raiders, they get a, about a 10-yard run from Josh Jacobs. And that gets them a better field goal position. And so if the Raiders are like, oh, they they essentially put us in an opportunity there for us to win the games and win the game. Now, I don't know if Carlson could have made a field goal from where the Raiders were originally, but Josh Jacobs putting them at a position where Carlson can knock in a 47-yard field goal there to win the game. Yes, the Raiders were like, well, crap, the Chargers kind of gave it to us there, so let's go and go for it. And Carlson has rarely missed for the Raiders this season at home. And uh, sure enough, he knocks it in. The Raiders win 35-32, and they get into the playoffs. And they're going to be facing off as the sixth seed with the Steelers getting the seventh seed in the AFC. And those were two that were up for contention. Yeah, the Colts possibly being in it. Yeah, the Chargers possibly being in it. And those are teams that were really hot here down the stretch and a lot of people thought were really talented. Ends up being the Raiders who fought through so much this year, have gone through so much. And then the Steelers, which honestly might be one of the poorer teams to be in, the, in this postseason. But going back to that timeout, man, I don't know how you feel about that. If you're a Chargers fan or if you're a Chargers player at all. I don't know how you feel about that if you're going back to your locker room and you get all this discourse talking about that timeout. Like, could that have cost the Chargers a chance at getting into the playoffs? Because, I mean, who knows what could what could happen in the playoffs? I mean, let's just say that the Chargers, Chargers, Raiders, depending on where they would be, Chargers might have a matchup with Maybe the Bengals or maybe Buffalo. And you get an exciting matchup between those two teams. And Raiders, maybe they go ahead and face the Bengals anyway. Or maybe they go to Buffalo. Um, So you really start, you really question that timeout there by uh, Staley there at the end. And there's going to be a lot of people in Chargers Nation that's going to be looking back on that timeout. I mean, I don't know. I don't think the Chargers are a Super Bowl contender, but I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be wondering, "Crap, what if we? What if he didn't call that timeout? We might have. We the Raiders might have actually let the clock run out, and both of us would have gone to the playoffs. But didn't work out that way. The timeout was called. Raiders made the most of it. Jacobs got about ten yards there. Carlson knocks in the game winner at home where he rarely misses. That's all she wrote. And so the Raiders there in the playoffs. And again, they've been through so much uh, this season with Gruden, Ruggs, 
just uh just everything. But let me tell you what. Masaccia, he's done a good job with this Raiders team the whole season. And honestly, he could get a first look at this Raiders head coaching position and be the full-time guy once it's all said and done by the end of the season. And, uh, you know, I mean, the Raiders couldn't go and beat the Bengals. I don't, I think the Bengals are going to, I think they're the better team. And I think they're going to beat the Raiders. But whenever the Raiders season gets done, I think probably honestly he, he might get one of the first looks to be the head guy there uh, considering the job that he's done with this team this season with everything going on. So that's where we are with the NFL regular season, everybody. Everything is settled. Everything is locked in. And, of course, we're not done picking games throughout the playoffs, but taking a look at the regular season, we had 186 games that we picked. Out of 116, and so taking looking at taking a look at that, let's see where that falls. So that's a little bit over 602, about 623 right there. So that's where we landed on during the regular season. I guess let's take a look at some of the predictions I had for the season as well. Uh, AFC North champion, I picked the Browns. Of course, that didn't happen. They finished last in that division. Packers for the NFC North, got that one. AFC East, Bills, got that one. NFC East, I went with the Washington football team, and the Cowboys pretty much ran away with the division. AFC South, Titans. NFC South, Buccaneers. AFC West, Chiefs. And NFC West, the Rams. So, out of all the divisions, I got about one, two, three, four, five, six of them right. So, not too shabby. And as far as some of the wildcard teams I thought were going to get in, I did pick the 49ers to get in. I did have them at the, as the second NFC wildcard, but hey, I'm going to count that as a win nonetheless. So I picked the 49ers to get in. I picked the Seahawks to get in as uh, as well. But uh, I think we talked about this when we previewed the NFC West. Like, Don't be surprised if there's going to be three teams from that division that are in the postseason. And sure enough, I mean, you got the Rams, Cardinals, and the 49ers all in there. So, you got three teams from that division. So, Seahawks, they obviously didn't get in. Chargers, I would have gotten another one, too, if if that timeout wouldn't have happened. And then I went with the Ravens. And and the Ravens, they're sitting at home uh, with Lamar Jackson, not playing a whole lot of the, the season down the stretch. So we'll have to see what happens with Matt's Ravens in the offseason as uh, as well. So, with that being said, I think before we get into the playoff games, let's talk about some of the other stuff here as we kind of wrap up the regular season. Uh, I guess let's start with the NFL draft order. And uh, let's start from there. And so, the first couple selections, Jaguars are going to get the first pick again this year after having it last year. And uh, they got a lot of stuff to go through. New head coach, find somebody else, and hopefully somebody that doesn't leave uh, within that same year. Uh, But Jaguars, they got the number one pick. The Lions get the number two pick. Then you got the Texans at number three. You got the Jets at number four and the Giants at number five. So that should be fun for, for all the New York fans. Then you got the Panthers at six. 
Giants at seven, so they get two top ten picks. Falcons at eight, Broncos at nine, and Jets at ten. So both the New York teams get two top ten picks. And listen, for teams that need to add talent to their rosters, really good scenario here. Looking at the rest of the draft order, you got the Washington football team, which they're going to announce a name here pretty soon, so we won't have to keep on calling them that. They're picking number at number 11. Then you got the Vikings picking at number 12. Browns picking at 13. Matt's Ravens, they're picking at number 14. The Eagles are picking at 15, but this is the pick they acquired from the Miami Dolphins. And the Eagles are also getting the Colts first round pick because of the incentives with Carson Wentz with uh, all the conditions that came with that. I think it was like if you played 75% of the stamps, the Eagles were going to get the Colts first round pick that happened. And so the Eagles, they get three first round picks this year. And so they're here picking at 16. You got the Chargers picking at 17th. And then you got the Saints closing out picking at number 18. So, there's your draft order. Now, I assume we're going to be talking about the draft a lot during the offseason. And stuff like that. And of course, probably doing a little bit of a mock draft ourselves here when it gets a little bit closer to the actual draft. But just looking at some of the needs of these teams, Jaguars. Obviously, you need to help your franchise quarterback. Probably get him some offensive line help. Uh, I mean, Evan Neal is somebody who just declared from Alabama. Very big left tackle, but as somebody that can play a lot of spots on that offensive line. So, can bring a lot of versatility wherever you put him. But uh, I think probably helping your franchise quarterback is probably priority number one for the Jags. Lions? I don't think they're. I don't think they go quarterback here. Maybe they add an edge rusher, Kayvon Thibodeau, or hometown kid Aiden Hutchinson might be two of the guys they're looking at here. Maybe they go there exchangeably to help out with Jeff Okuda, uh, Okuda back in that secondary. Texans at number three. They don't need a quarterback. I don't think. I don't. I think they're going to wait a little bit for for drafting quarterback. He showed a little bit of something here late in the season. So, I think they stick with him. And as far as the other Texans' needs, maybe Stingley somebody, maybe one of those other edge rushers, if they're if one of them's still on the board, maybe take him and help that defense out a little bit, add some talent there. Uh, the Jets, at number four, they could use some cornerback help, some wide receiver help, help with Zach Wilson, maybe add some more offensive linemen. To help, again, I think probably one of these picks is going to be in trying to help out Zach Wilson, who you took at number two last year. I got to think it is. But it is Robert Sala. He's a defensive guy. It might be a situation where they take one guy on offense and they and they take one guy on defense. Or maybe they double dip on one side of the ball. Giants, probably same thing. Maybe they can get some help on the edge or offensive line. Andrew Thomas had a nice bounce back sophomore season. Maybe the Giants actually don't. 
I've honestly been toying with that idea in mock drafts about maybe the Giants go and double dip here on the offensive line to just, like, get some talent, inject some talent on that offensive line and really help out Saquon, help out Daniel Jones. Because, I mean, we honestly still don't know about Daniel Jones. So, maybe the situation where the Giants go offensive line both those times. And, uh, of course, they're going to be looking for a new coach. They're going to be looking for a new GM with Gettleman. So, you don't have, you know, what would Gettleman do? Maybe draft the trenches. But, I mean, looking at it, maybe that's what they do. Panthers at six. Maybe possible quarterback here. We'll just have to see how the offseason shakes out. Maybe one of those guys like Russell Wilson or maybe Deshaun Watson when all that stuff gets resolved, if it ever does. Maybe he's an option. We'll have to see what the Panthers do. But they're probably another team that could use some help on the offensive line. Then Falcons. I mean, the Calvin Ridley uh, situation about whether or not he's going to be coming back probably tends to make you look at maybe wide receiver here or maybe getting some help on that defense helping out getting an edge rusher getting a defensive lineman there and help out the defense a little bit broncos they're probably another team that's going to go big game quarterback hunting in the offseason they don't need a whole lot on that defense i mean big fangio got that defense playing really well this season. So maybe they're a team that goes and looks for one of these big time quarterbacks in the offseason. Uh, who knows? We'll have to see how the Aaron Rodgers situation evolves over the course of the offseason, whether he's going to stay in Green Bay or not. I know the Broncos were a team that were talked about a little bit with Aaron last year, but we'll have to see if that comes back this year. But I don't I don't think the Broncos need a whole lot. They got some good pieces on both sides of the ball. So maybe it's just the fact they need to get one of these big-time quarterbacks and just add talent throughout their roster. And the Jets picking at 10. I'm not going to go through much of the other teams. I mean, Washington needs a quarterback. Vikings, I could use some help on defense. You know, could the Browns go quarterback here despite, you know, them saying... Baker's going to be back next year. You know. But all in all, that's your 2022 NFL draft order. So, again, we're going to be taking a look at the draft uh, more closely when the offseason is wrapped up. But the order is set. And so, Jaguars, they get the number one pick two years in a row. So, there you go. Now, moving on from the draft order to coaches and GMs getting fired. Uh, let's talk about Black Monday here with the NFL. And we had a lot of stuff going on on Black Monday. Usually, it kind of it usually it kind of is. Uh, we had Vic Fangio being let go uh, before Black Monday, uh, being let go from the Broncos. That was a, it was a topic of conversation around Denver. I know he was Vic Fangio was asked about his job security earlier on in the last few few weeks ago and so he's now gone so the Broncos are in the market for a new head coach then you had subsequently on Black 
Monday, you had the Bears firing Matt Nagy and GM Ryan Pace, and the Vikings firing Mike Zimmer and GM Rick Spielman. So two NFC North teams firing their coach and their GM on the same day. Nagy, listen, he didn't do a bad job with the Bears there, and he actually only had, I think, one losing season, to be fair to him. So maybe he gets another job here somewhere. Uh, so the Bears are now looking, and I mean, they got a young franchise quarterback, they hope, and Justin Fields. And so maybe they go with an offensive mind right here to re- really help out their young quarterback and really develop him. Vikings, of course, firing Zimmer. Zimmer's done a really good job with Minnesota. It's just never kind of panned out, even adding Kirk Cousins a couple years ago. So, I'm curious what the Vikings will do here. And uh, and adding a new head coach, I mean, depending on what happens with Aaron Rodgers, if he stays there, I mean, the division still runs through Green Bay. And uh, curious where the Vikings are going to go, whether they're going to go with the defensive guy after experiencing that with Zimmer. Or maybe try to find a guy on offense that can help out Kirk Cousins. But, I mean, Kirk is what he is at, at this point. And I don't know if there's a coordinator out there that can really help him expand his game a whole lot, but we'll just have to see. And then the Dolphins firing Brian Flores. This one kind of floored me when uh, when I first saw it. It's like, really? They, they fired Brian Flores? I mean, if you look at his first three years, that first year, I mean, if I want to go back and use an old Tennessee Derek Dooley type of term... Kind of year zero for for him. Because that year, they were not trying to win that many games. They were trying to get a good draft spot. Trying to take one of those top quarterbacks, whether it was Herbert or Tua. They end up with Tua at number five. And so last year, uh, last year was the year that really tried to go hard and try to win games. Fitzpatrick did pretty well for him. And then this year, they had a winning record nine and eight. If you remember, they start off 1-7. Then they won seven games in a row. Or went 7-1 there. And here they've fallen off the last couple of weeks. Losing a big game. That could have helped them get in the playoff race here. Against the Titans. And then you had the Patriots game this past week. In which I believe... I said they won. I go and double check that but yeah they which they won but they had a chance there to get in the playoffs there at the end and I don't know it might just be this Greer their GM might be a bit too reactionary or something like that and you know usually in this type of situation with a young quarterback or a coach you're probably going to go with the young quarterback and say and let say goodbye to the coach and go and find somebody else. So I'm curious what the Dolphins do here to try to find a guy that can help Tua. Flores, I do think he's going to get a job sooner than later. I do think so. I mean, they played hard for him and they played really well. But I think it was just on the offensive side of the ball, even though you had a guy in Waddle who did really good this rookie year. Tua at times did not look like the guy they picked there at number five a couple years back. He just didn't. 
So I do think he's going to be a guy that's going to find a job here sooner or later. And listen, as some uh, some of those guys that got fired are defensive guys, and the league is trending offense. And some and some of those guys they didn't have game changing level quarterbacks on their side. At least for a couple of them, not yet with Fields and Tua. So, listen, if you do need a good defensive coordinator, <laughs> there's some good ones there with Zimmer, with Fangio, and with Flores. So, if they want to take a defensive coordinator job, do that. I mean, whoever's if they do that, whoever's getting them, you're probably going to have a pretty good defense next year because those guys are really good defensive coaches. But I have to think... Flores is probably going to get another job here soon. Nagy, I think, is probably going to get another one here sooner rather than later as well. Zimmer, I mean, he did a good job with Minnesota, so maybe that's a possibility. Uh, Fangio, I don't know. I don't know about him. He is a little bit on the older side, but we'll have to see with him. And then you had Joe Judge with the New York Giants. Getting fired after just two years. I mean, Giants have to be one of the most, if you're looking at it, to be honest, one of the more sad, sad organizations right now. I mean, there's no fun. <laughs> there's just no fun. And I mean, if you saw what happened on Sunday, freaking go for quarterback sneaks at that point in the game. They're, they're just, they just haven't been too fun to watch and so they're headed off into a new direction and Dave Gettleman has retired from his job as being the GM so they're replacing both those jobs as well and finding guys to take their places and so we'll have to see who they go out there and get on the market there's some guys out there like Nathaniel Hackett with the Packers the two coordinators with Tampa, Todd Bowles, maybe getting another shot here. Uh, Byron Letwich, Kellen Moore, uh, Doug Peterson is out there. Could Harbaugh again jump from college to the NFL? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see where where these teams go and trying to find their new head coach. And again, the league is trending on. To offense, and so maybe they try to find somebody that's really good on the offense, offensive side of the ball, and they can really help make their team take off. But uh, we'll have to see. So that's that's Black Monday for you. You get all this stuff happening, and so there's all that stuff. So guys, I guess let's get on to the playoffs. That's what we're here for. We're here for the playoffs, and so we got Super Wild Card Weekend happening. Starting on Saturday, and uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of fun here, I think, for these playoffs. It's going to be fun. So, taking a look at the first matchup that we have on Saturday, first couple matchups that we have, we have the Raiders against the Bengals. That's gonna that's gonna be our first matchup here. Of course, the Bengals knocked off the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. Burrow got a little bit banged up, but they rested him. Last week, and of course the Raiders, they get, it, they get in as the sixth seed. So, they're going on to Cincinnati. I do think the Raiders can cause a little problems, a little bit of a problem for Cincinnati. 
Their defensive line, Max Crosby, has been a force for the Raiders' defense this season. He's generated a whole lot of pressures, got a whole lot of sacks. And Cincinnati's offensive line isn't the best in the league. So maybe you can generate some pressure and make Burrow uncomfortable. But he's got a lot of weapons. Boyd, Higgins, Chase, you got Mixon in that backfield. Uzama's a solid tight end. And, but, you know, Raiders, again, they've they've done a whole lot this year with with what they've been going through. And they, they've been a team that's lacked consens- uh, consistency this whole season. But uh, I think the Bengals do win this game. But I could see the Raiders really giving the Bengals a fight. I could see them giving them a fight and uh, them going down swinging. So for the first wildcard matchup... I'm going with Cincinnati here. Even though Cincinnati has not done well in the playoffs since the 90s. And I think in every playoff matchup since then, they haven't won. So maybe if you're a Raiders fan, maybe that's how you can talk yourself into saying, hey, we're going to upset the Bengals this weekend. Next up, we we got a lot of... and we, we got, let's see, one... We got two divisional matchups here that were pretty much these rubber matches for both these teams: Patriots, Bills, and Cardinals, Rams. Uh, Patriots and Bills, second one. Uh, I saw the temperatures couldn't be low, and by low I mean <laughs> single digits. Uh, it's gonna make twenty or thirty degrees look super freaking warm. Uh, but Patriots and Bills, of course, the Patriots won the first matchup. Bills won the second matchup. And uh, I wonder, due to how cold it is, if the Patriots might resort to some sort of version of that game plan. I guess it's going to depend on how windy it is. Uh, use that sort of game plan they had at Buffalo earlier in the season. So I don't know. This one should favor Buffalo, I would think. I think Josh Allen, better quarterback. Bills are the better team. But the Patriots do find what you're good at and take that away, despite if Brady is there or not. So this one's gonna be a this one's gonna be an interesting one. And, uh, I mean, yeah, looking at it, oh, man, it's going to be four degrees there. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's what's projected to be four degrees. Oh, boy. I mean, it's a playoff game, and that's great to go to. But, I mean, four degrees. I don't know about you all, but you might have to count me out of that one. But uh, this should be a fun rubber match for both these teams. I'll take the Bills. I'll take the bill slightly. I think this will be a close game as well. That'll that'll go down to that to that fourth quarter. Uh, and of course, I'm I'm doing these all. I'm starting with the AFC first, and just so happens the AFC they got the first couple of games here. The final AFC game we got is Chiefs and Steelers. That one is going to be Sunday night. That's gonna be. Our final of three games that we have on Sunday. Uh, look, I mean, congrats to the Steelers for, I guess, backdooring away into getting into the playoffs. 
You saw what happened in the first matchup. I do think if the Steelers want to affect any part of this game, it's with their star edge rusher in TJ Watt, who tied Michael Strahan for the single-season sack record. Maybe he affects Mahomes a little bit. Maybe the Steelers get a couple turnovers, and maybe they're in plus field position. And... Listen, I, I think the Chiefs should be the overwhelming favorite in this game. And, I mean, again, looking back at their last game, these two these two played against each other. Chiefs just overpowered the Steelers. I, I think this is Big Ben's final game. I'm going with the Chiefs. So, moving on to Sunday. And talking about the two other games on Sunday. Eagles and Buccaneers. Of course, these two teams played each other earlier in the season. Tampa Bay won, but when they did play, Tampa Bay was not as banged up as they are now. And they are banged up on both sides of the ball, particularly on the offensive side. I do think Tampa should win this game, but Philly does have the number one rushing attack, and they can probably do something with that, and they didn't... They are one of the better teams this year in explosive and big-time plays. So, if Philly... This is Philly's best shot against the Bucs. Are those, are those two stats right there. And, of course, the fact that Tampa is a little bit banged up right now. I think other than that, I think the Buccaneers should win this game. So, I'm going with the Bucs. Next up, 49ers and Cowboys. I think you, you would think the Cowboys are probably are pretty much gonna take care of business and win this one. 49ers though, they've been a really tough team all season long. Jimmy G, again, when it counts in those clutch situations, he ha- he's actually been pretty good. And Debo has been awesome for him all season long, whether he's uh, he's taking rushing attempts or whether he's catching the ball. Elijah Mitchell's been pretty good for a sixth-round pick. Defense has been solid there. And one at, like, San Francisco's strength is rushing the football and just running it. And one of Dallas's weaknesses is stopping the run. And you have to, And here's the thing. If Dallas gets up early... That's probably going to negate San Francisco's ability to run and got to rely on Jimmy G there to really get them back in this game. Now, he did that against the Rams when they were down 17-0. He helped bring them back, and they ended up winning the game. So, I mean, it's entirely possible that could happen with this one. But it's kind of like a thing with my Titans. You know, if the other team gets up, 10 or 14 points, you're probably going to have to gate the run game a little bit, pass the ball, spread it out a little bit, and try to get back into it. And so, again, again, they could come back from that. But the 49ers, their run game is super strong. That It could keep them into this game. It, could, it really could. And again, Dallas' defense, run defense is not that strong. So, I'm saying San Francisco's got a chance in this game. They got a pretty solid chance 
to go into Dallas and win this game. I'll still go with Dallas, but San Francisco, I think, has the best chance of any of these teams to go and upset somebody this weekend. So, I'll go with Dallas, but San Fran, look out, because your team might go and upset Dallas at Jerry World. Uh, if you don't watch out, it might be moving on to, a, to the second weekend. So, I'll go with Cowboys here, but 49ers have a really good shot on Sunday. And then the Monday night wildcard game. Another matchup between the Cardinals and Rams. And the Rams, you probably would have rather finished off the season better against the 49ers there. Cardinals have been kind of inconsistent as of late. And of course, a lot of that probably has to do with there's no been no DeAndre Hopkins for them here to close out the rest of the season. So that's probably hurt them a little bit down the stretch. And so, you know, I was just taking a look at it and see if he's going to be able to go. And so he's not going to be good to go this week. So they're going to have to go in this wild card game without him. So for this one, I honestly don't know. I think for me, it's a pick em. That I would feel fine with picking either of these teams. And, hey, if I lose, I lose. Uh, this being a home game for the Rams does help a little bit. Because there you got the home field advantage. I'll go with the Rams. I think I'll go with the Rams. But this could be a close one, I guess, and also considering, again, there are divisional opponents. There's a lot of pride there in that, even though this is a wild card game, there's still some bit of pride in playing a divisional opponent and playing your best against them. So, I'll go with the Rams here. And I know I, I picked all the top seeds, but you know what? It's whatever. It is what it is. And so... If that's the case, if you look at the divisional weekend, of course, the Titans get the number one seed in the AFC. Packers get the number one seed in the NFC. If all this unfolds, if all the, if I can somehow miraculously get all these picks right, then you're going to have the Titans play, I think, the lowest seed that makes it out of of wildcard weekend, in which case it would be the Bills. And if you remember, Titans and Bills gave us a great uh, gave us a great matchup earlier in the season at Nashville. So the Bills, I think, will be one to get some type of revenge against the Titans there. And for the Packers, they would get the Rams. And the Rams, if I remember right, they won there earlier in the season. I'd go back and take a look but if I remember right these two teams played each other at Lambeau and I believe the okay no the Rams lost okay so (laughs) just forget that part but listen they went to Lambeau before but maybe there's some bit of advantage of going back to Lambeau there but that's where they would be going and I'm guessing that's the case. Bengals, I think, we would be facing off against the Chiefs. 
I'm hoping I, I, I'm getting that right. And then the Cardinals. No, wait, not the Cardinals. So, Titans would probably face the Bills. Bengals face the Chiefs. Packers play the Rams and Bucks play the Cowboys. And if you remember, that game was the one that started the season off for us. Started the regular season off for us. So, Cowboys will, will be going back to Tampa and maybe exacting a little bit of revenge there themselves. So, uh, there's Wild Card Weekend, everybody. Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, should be a fun one. Again, we got three ga- got two games on Sunday, three games on Two games on Saturday, get that right. Two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and we got our Monday night football game with the Cardinals going against the Rams. So, everybody, that's where we are. It's officially the NFL postseason. We're finally here. Should be a fun ride. So, that'll do it for us here, everybody. Hopefully, you guys have a good rest of the week. Have a good weekend. And until next week, talk to you all next time.